what every blessing to you all and welcome back to my walking talking pulpit just quick footnote to share with you all before we get into the subject in hand that as of this month etc radio uh, which stands for end times coming is now three years old and it's been a great blessing for patrick and i to have a shortwave radio ministry which covers the globe and therefore for today I want to try and get this message to run no more than 30 minutes in order to allow us to put this on the radio. Seven nights a week, ETC goes out, and like I say, we are able to cover the globe. And it's been a great blessing indeed. And we pray for the coming weeks and months that this additional forum will continue to be well received. But for today, if I may, I want to return to the US election one more time and look at how the media specifically have been working hand in hand with the powers that be to put a spin on things. And I think it's fair to say that what the media have been able to do over the last several months really is not only shameful but will be how they operate during the Great Tribulation. For example, once a rapture of the church has been and gone, the media will work hand in hand with apostate Christendom and the Antichrist to put a spin on things. And because there are so few Bible believers in the UK, it won't be much of a problem for them when it comes to explaining our disappearance. My estimation, my guess would be that in the UK there are quite possibly no more than 5,000 Bible-believing Christians and therefore to explain our disappearance will be no uh, problem for them whatsoever. What will probably happen is they will say that there was an outbreak like smallpox or some contagious disease and as a result we had to be quarantined like in the dead of night and cremated like in the dead of night and therefore the government was able to deal with such an outbreak and people will say thank goodness for that it could have been so much worse and folks will believe it because in the UK the knowledge of the Word of God is pretty much zero and interest in the Word of God is pretty much zero as well. But when it comes to those in America, when it comes to those further afield, to explain the disappearance of perhaps millions of people will not be an easy thing to do whatsoever. If you look at how the media have dealt with the US election, like what they haven't told you, and what they have told you will be I think uh, how they all operate in the tribulation for example we've heard a lot about the transgressions of Trump over the past several weeks and months might be true might not who knows and yet when it comes to the Clintons and their transgressions for the most part we've heard nothing whatsoever and of course you know why that is the case the media 
and the press barons could be the print press could be the media in general are working hand in hand to get their person into office it's also fair to say that this election will be fought and lost based primarily not on what the mainstream media have told you but pretty much on what those have seen and read online and the internet has been a great blessing to those of us which love the truth to really get down to the heart of the matter and that's why ETC Radio continues to be a great blessing it allows us to use an additional medium to get the word of God out the internet is all very well speaking to people on the street is all very well but the shortwave radio allows us to go global literally so praise the Lord for that indeed but let's go back to an event that took place last week called the Al Smith dinner and Al Smith for those that don't know was a Catholic in America who stood for the White House back in the 1940s a liberal and he came near to getting into the White House or getting the nomination but it uh, wouldn't fall to him it would fall to Jack Kennedy some 20 years later but during this Al Smith dinner a Catholic hero to those on the left the Cardinal of New York a guy called Timothy Dolan invited Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump to attend both of which I should say are not Catholic during that very upmarket get-together I saw Henry Kissinger who incidentally according to Billy Graham's autobiography went forward at one of uh, Graham's crusades back in 1957 and according to Graham got saved make it that what you will on top of well-known American VIPs that have been invited to the Al Smith dinner Tony Blair would also be invited a good Catholic boy so this memorial event has really gone global but to see Trump and Clinton at such an event was somewhat interesting to me because on the one hand I know that politicians go where the uh, power is they go where the votes are and I understand that the moment you stand for office you have to pretty much compromise you have to go where the people are so my real focus and criticism won't necessarily be towards Clinton and Trump but towards the priests that were present you see when it comes down to it politicians and priests have one thing in common and it starts with P and ends with R that's right power priests and politicians enjoy power they want power and that's why they get on so well that's why people like Trump and Clinton who are both very busy days away from the US election are more than happy to clear their schedules to attend such an event for the politicians they want the blessing quote-unquote from the powers that be they want the votes 
from Catholics. And for the priests, they want the money from the politicians. They want the status that comes with yoking up with politicians. Now, like I say, Clinton and Trump, both unsaved, both non-Catholic, are doing what every politician has done. In fact, this Al Smith dinner, this get-together to raise money for Catholic charities, which has seen every American president and uh, presidential candidate uh, being invited to such an event, goes right back to 1940s. Quite remarkable. Every president, every VP candidate, every presidential candidate uh, has been to this event and continues to make time to attend such an event. During the last election, we saw Romney and Obama attend the Al Smith dinner. And again, both men are not Catholic. So it's really hypocritical to see non-Catholics attending a charity event, raising money for such an event, and yet both candidates from the last election and this election are not Catholic. The Catholic Church will take money from anyone, really. What do they say? The ends justify the means. So it was of interest to me to see Romney back at the Al Smith dinner some years ago, who incidentally is not only a Mormon elder, but is also a Mormon Freemason. And therefore, of also interest to me were the many Catholic Freemasons at the Al Smith dinner. Did you notice them? Many men, very proudly sitting around, wearing their Masonic medals with great pride. And that's right, the Catholic Church have a Masonic wing, which, surprise, surprise, we don't hear much about, do we? We hear a lot about the Protestant Freemasons, but very little about Catholic Freemasons. And these men sitting around, mostly middle-aged and up, very well-to-do, very wealthy, are very proud of their medals, their good works. In fact, if the truth be known, they would tell you that their works are going to play a major part in their salvation. But ask yourself this. Number one, if Freemasonry is such a great religion, whether Catholic or Protestant, even Islamic men have their own wing, ask yourself this. If it's such a great religion, if it's so transparent, if it's so open, if it's so godly and decency, then why can't you and I go into their lodge and film their initiation rites? There's a lot of talk and a lot of emphasis over recent years to make Christianity more uh, transparent, to really examine Christianity. And I've seen many of these documentaries online and on television where they spend a lot of time scrutinizing what we hold to as Bible believers. And yet, when it comes to Freemasonry, whether Catholic or Protestant or Islamic, we hear almost nothing about it. So if you get a chance, if you're not a Catholic Freemason or a Protestant Freemason or an Islamic Freemason, ask them whether or not they would allow you to go into their lodge and film their initiation rites, like when they force the new uh, convert or the new member of the lodge to roll up his trouser leg or to have his shirt ripped open or to put a noose 
around his neck. And you say, why would they do such a thing? Well, what they want to stress on the new member of the lodge is that should they uh, betray secrets of the lodge, should they share secrets of the lodge, or should they become apostate, they risk death. And that's what Joseph Smith experienced when he fell foul of the Freemasons in America. You see, when he was uh, put to death, he wasn't put to death for being a good Mormon, which is what the Mormons would have you believe, but he was put to death for, number one, stealing Masonic secrets from the Masons because he was a Mason, and number two, for stealing their daughters, sleeping with their daughters, sleeping with their wives. Smith, like Young, was a wicked man. And as such, when the Masons caught up with him, they killed him. So it was of interest to me to see Mitt Romney, some years ago, sitting with Dolan and Obama, very much enjoying himself, hoping to get the top job, which of course never happened. It went back to Obama. But again, ask yourself this. If the Freemasons, Catholic, Protestant, Islamic, are so open, so transparent, then why can't we go in and film their rituals? If you ever come into contact with a woman who's married to a Freemason, ask her the question whether or not she's ever seen her husband or her son or her father being initiated into the Masonic Lodge. Some weeks ago, I was speaking to one of our acquaintances and a lady had gone in to see him with some coins to sell. And he said to me, look at this coin, James. And I looked at this coin and it was quite sturdy, quite solid, quite heavy. And I thought to myself, what type of coin is this? Now, I should just say that I have no interest in coins uh, commercially or from the aspect of a hobby. So I was somewhat puzzled that this acquaintance of ours even asked me to look at this particular coin. And he said to me, what do you make of this coin? And I thought to myself, this is a very unusual coin, an old coin. And I looked quite carefully at the inscription, and it was a Masonic coin. I thought to myself, wow, I've never seen a Masonic coin before. And incidentally, look out for Patrick's next article on the Jesuits. He's been given some very rare Jesuit coins, which they used back in Japan during the 18th century. A very interesting find indeed. And I said to the lady in question, uh, this is a Masonic coin, is it not? And she said, yes. And she said to myself and our acquaintance, how her husband was a Freemason, but had just passed away. And I offered her my condolence. I thought to myself, uh, this is going to be a difficult witness due to the fact that she's not saved and neither is our acquaintance. Well, I did the best I could. And during my uh, attempt to witness to her, I also said to her, incidentally, what degree was your husband? What rank did he uh, finally uh, reach? And uh, surprise, surprise, she became very coy. She didn't want to reveal too much to me, which is understandable, of course. But I thought to myself afterwards, it may just be that she doesn't know. You see, Freemasonry is a secret society. Now, they may claim to do great works, uh, in society like uh, being a part of the Rotary Club or the Catenians or the Knights of Malta but when you really break it down when you take the time to examine or to inspect or observe what they say and do 
it's a secret society, plain and simple, going back to Babylon and uh, pagan Egypt. So it may just be that this lady in question, although she knew that her husband was a Freemason, didn't actually know what degree he made or what level he made or reached in the lodge. It may be that he played it down. And I can assure you that this lady and those like her never got to see their husbands in the lodge being sworn in, rolling up their trouser leg, allowing their shirts to be ripped open or to have a noose put around their necks because such would be pretty shameful to allow non-Masons to see. But go back to the Al Smith dinner, if you will. And like I say, when I look at people such as Trump, who incidentally is not a politician, and by his own definition, doesn't even need to be saved, that's right. He was interviewed some months ago at a Christian campus, and he was asked whether or not he needed to be forgiven for anything. And he thought uh, about the question quite carefully for what seemed like several minutes, and he said, no, I don't think I need to be forgiven for anything. I thought to myself, there you are, you see, he's a humanist. He's a humanist, he's honest enough to tell you that he's a humanist. And that's why he has done what Hillary has done. He's gone for a religious VP. Now his VP is a guy called Pence, a so-called evangelical, whereas Hillary's VP is a Jesuit, a lay Jesuit. In fact, here's a quick thought for you. I'm gonna come back to these uh, VPs shortly. When the Reagans got into the White House back in the 1980s, the first thing they did, according to Billy Graham's autobiography, which I read and wrote about some years ago, were to get hold of all of the files on their showbiz friends going back to the 1940s. And they called the FBI up and said, we want all of the files from the 40s, 50s, 60s, and probably 70s that you have on our friends, showbiz friends like Errol Flynn, Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley, I mean, big names. And these files were delivered to the... Uh, the president and his wife, at around three o'clock in the morning, the Reagans phoned up the Grahams, who were staying in Washington, and asked them to jump in a taxi and go straight to the White House. And would you believe, for the next few hours, the four of them sat round the bed, reading the files on their showbiz friends, finding out the truth. And I just think this, that if Hillary actually wins the election next month, it could just be that her and her husband, or especially her, because they are in all essence uh, separated, get the files. Because Bill's been out of office for over 20 years. And they can read their uh, friends' files and others and pretty much see what has been happening in the world over the last 20 years or so. Now talk about an abuse of power. As far as I'm concerned, such is unacceptable. But if the Reagans did it, back in the 1980s, why not the Clintons? Should they win next month? Talk about an abuse of power. But go back to the VPs, if you will, please. Trump's VP, like I say, is an evangelical individual, claims to be conservative. Clinton's VP is a lay Jesuit. Now, the Jesuits are very much into... Uh, clandestine operations, going undercover, trying to bring governments down, trying to get governments to 
capitulate and submit to the papacy. And if you don't believe me, just look online concerning Guy Fawkes and their attempt to kill the King of England and bring Parliament down, literally. They've been operating for hundreds of years. And if I can just plug uh, Patrick's series of articles on the Jesuits, I will, and invite you to read them. He's written four at uh, present, and he's working on two more. And also I should say that when it comes to taking oaths, when it comes to swearing an allegiance to the Lodge, or when it comes to rolling up your trouser leg, I'll let this police car uh, go by. Or when it comes to putting a noose around your neck or having your shirt ripped open, the Jesuits also take the same oath, a blood-curdling oath. And again, if you don't believe me, go online and look up the Jesuit oath, which is relevant to those that become Jesuits, which incidentally occurs when such men turn 33. An interesting number, 33. Now officially, they say that's to do with the Lord's uh, death. He was 33 when he died, but unofficially, it's to do with Freemasonry. There are 33 degrees in Freemasonry. So, looking at Cain, a lay Jesuit, looking at Pence, a so-called evangelical Christian, I can see what is going on here. You've got two uh, presidential candidates, both humanist, in essence, and yet Hillary made quite a song and dance about how religious she is during the Al Smith dinner and how much respect she has for the Catholic Church and the Holy Father, quote-unquote, and how great the Jesuits are. Yes, can you believe? If you don't believe, you go online and read the transcript or go to YouTube and view the material for yourself. And yet, like I said, you're my last walking, talking pulpit on the US election. She has uh, called on the dead. She's been part of clairvoyances, consulting with familiar spirits, which is condemned in both testaments. And yet Dolan didn't say a word, didn't pull her up, didn't rebuke her. In fact, looking at those WikiLeaks, which came out quite recently, some of her aides were smearing Catholics. And I thought to myself, this would be interesting to see whether or not she's challenged on what her aides were doing some uh, weeks and months ago. Well, she didn't get challenged. She wasn't challenged because, again, Dolan wants her money. Dolan wants her presence. He wants to be up there with the big boys. And my feeling is this, that if the truth be known, Hillary is very much yesterday's woman. If she wins next month, it could just be that she ends up having to step down, retire, resign, call her what you will, based on ill health. And Kane, her VP, becomes the president, which will give the Jesuits their man in the White House, their man at the Vatican, and their man at the UN. Let me talk about an unholy trinity. Three very powerful individuals, very anti the Bible, very anti Bible believing Christians. And I just think this that it's possible that if such occurs, there'll be a great level of payback and persecution against those of us which are born again. But go back to my opening comments at the beginning of this message that what the media have been able to do 
keeping the public in the dark. Britain's the same, and quite possibly Western Europe. They will do again once a rapture of the church has occurred. They will work hand in hand with the Antichrist and apostate Christendom to cover up the blessed hope referred to as the rapture of the church. And that's why I think one of the great blessings that we have as Bible believers during these dark days is the internet and the radio. And that's why I want to put this on the radio, keep it to less than 30 minutes to get the word of God out, to speak about uh, this subject, not just online, but on the radio. As a Bible believer, my remit, my role is quite simply this, to pray for those in authority. I don't wish any of the candidates any harm. As far as I can see, they're both unsaved. They're both very much in need of being saved. And yet, not once did you hear the gospel preached at the Al Smith dinner. Not once did you hear the second coming mentioned, or the new birth mentioned, or holiness, or repentance. It's all about fixing up this world, making this world a better place. And of course, we refer to that as post-modernism and post-millennialism. The doctrine that is down to the church, quote-unquote, and politicians, and men of goodwill, those that hold to the uh, brotherhood of man and the fatherhood of God to make this a better world, to bring in the kingdom, which of course, as you know, is impossible without the king. Our job as saved people is to get people saved, to put tracts out, to speak to men and women and share the gospel with them. I'm not against good works, don't get me wrong, but good works won't save you. Good works have never saved anyone. And that's why it's such a travesty when I come across such religious people, whether Catholic or Protestant, which claim to represent the Lord, doing such overtime when it comes to good works and trying to fix up the world and save this endangered species and so forth, when they should be preaching the gospel, when they should be witnessing to people and trying to get people saved. So I'm not overly critical when it comes to those politicians that attend such an event. To be fair to the politicians, they go where the people are. And it's quite fair to say that after the Al Smith dinner, both candidates or uh, on their own time probably went to another group of people to press the flesh, as they say. But my final thoughts on this whole subject, as I uh, begin to wrap this up, would be this, that what you've seen over the last probably 12 months or so is unprecedented. Now, the media have always been biased. We know that. They've always been keen to uh, play down conservative values and uh, concerns and play up liberal issues and subjects that are of interest to them. And when we come into contact with the media or those that are representing the print press or the media in general, we would expect and we do expect to be pretty much ridiculed to have our beliefs and thoughts played down. And that's why it's imperative to not get caught up, uh, overly anyway, in this political race and other elections, but to keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, to get saved, 
if you're not saved and to trust in the blood alone to get you to heaven. Of course, such uh, talk or such a message, such preaching that you've heard from myself over the years was very absent at the Al Smith dinner. But I'm not surprised. You've got unsaved politicians mixing with unsaved religious people that are very much interested in good works. And that's why after a while I had to switch off. Couldn't take any more of it. So on that thought, I will sign out and wish you every blessing. Maranatha, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is coming. Keep your eyes on him and may the Lord bless you all. Amen and Amen.